Well, if you have a Bible, we'll take it and turn to Philippians chapter 2. I hope everyone had the best Christmas this year. It is so good to be with you all this morning. And while you're finding your place there in Philippians chapter 2, I want to remind you all that after taking off for the holidays, next Sunday our 9 a.m. Bible study classes begin again. So make sure that you make note of that. And the good news is, we are going to be able to provide Hill Kids during that time. We are so blessed to have a group of servants in this church that, that are willing to step up and fill needs. And this has been one of those needs since we started having classes again back in November. And so if you are one of those people, big shout out to you. You are awesome. And to all of our ministry workers, we couldn't do what we do without you from the snowplow team all the way to the nursery and everyone in between. Thank you so much. For serving and allowing God to use you in our church. Well, we are finishing up our series, our Christmas clothes series today, and we've been talking about some of the things that Christ followers should be wearing. Not actual clothes, but things that make us stand out in the world as followers of Jesus. And last week we, we talked about shining bright in our world, a, a common message in the church, but we, we learned that a life that is, that is lived for Jesus is a life that is pointed to Jesus. And our key text for this portion of our series is here in Philippians chapter 2. We, we looked at the beginning of it last week and the last part of it. And this morning we're going we're gonna to camp out in the middle. And so if you're there in Philippians chapter 2, we're going to read this whole section together again. And then we're going to look at how we can apply it to our lives. Verse 1, chapter 2 of Philippians. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you not look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast. To the word of life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for our time together this morning. We're thankful for your word that is, that is good, it is perfect, and it is enough for us. So God, I pray that as we have 
read it and as we study it, Lord, your word would make a difference in our hearts. Help us to live it out. Help us to live for you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, when a preacher walks onto any platform and he starts talking about things like humility and generosity and being a servant, people start to feel uneasy. I'm a preacher and I feel it. And we feel it for a lot of different reasons and in a lot of different ways. Oh, great. Here comes another plea from another preacher about how we need to be serving and giving and doing things for other people and considering others more important than me and just the desires of other people, all of it just great. Here it comes again. That's what some of us feel. And I just want to get that out in the open air right up front. But I do also want to make it clear that this is not a message about giving or money. But who Jesus wants us to become, it's, it's not always easy. And it will probably cost us something. And as we read last week, and as we're going to see again here in just a few moments, this mindset, it definitely costs Jesus something. Now, I'm in no way going to compare who we are and what we do to who Jesus was or who Christ was, but it, but it is something that we as Christians are called to pursue. And as most of you know, that has been our theme for this entire year. Reflect, observe his example, and imitate his heart. And that's what we've been encouraging our church family to do. And it'll tie in perfectly with our theme for 2021, which I will be sharing next Sunday. So make sure you come back for that. I'm excited to start a new year with a new focus. Really excited to start a new year. But that was, that was kind of a joke, but it wasn't either. But we're going to look here at what Paul tells us to do when it comes to imitating Christ as humble, generous servants. So look back at verse 5. With me once again. He says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Here, Paul is is pointing us back to what we read last week. He said, Have this same mind, which we can only have through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That we can have this same mind if we have been born again and made new in Christ. So, have you been born again? Are you saved? And for the Christian this morning, as we walk in relationship with Jesus, he enables us to do, through the Spirit, what his word tells us to do. And we find comfort and we find encouragement from Jesus Christ and from his word. And then we do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, and then we consider others as more important and more significant than ourselves. But what did Jesus think about himself? I'm so glad you asked. Look at verse 6. It says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. What's interesting here is Jesus knew his, he knew his place in relation to who the Father was while he was on this earth. That he didn't think of himself as as any more than a servant of the Most High. Now, most of us know that we celebrate the incarnation 
every year at Christmas. That in John 1 verse 14 it says that the word became flesh and it dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth. That, that this God who existed from before time began became flesh. The uncreated one, he put on skin and, and, he, and, he, and he had bones and he became a human, all while remaining 100% God. But it cost him so much. Verse 7. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Now what does that mean? He, he emptied himself. It means that Jesus did not come to this earth with this intent to demand that we worship him. Although we should. He emptied all of himself out as a servant for people who didn't deserve it. That word servant here in Philippians can also be translated and it may be translated in your Bibles as bondservant. It means to be a slave to someone else or their interests. That's, that's pretty heavy. That he was still God, but he didn't come as a king to be worshipped. He didn't come to show his unlimited powers or that he was the ruler of all things, although he was. But what Jesus says about himself in Matthew 20, verse 28, he says that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Our uncreated God chose the form of a servant. That should blow our minds today. That Jesus came to this earth to serve mankind. That he took on the limitations of a human body. He was eternal, but he entered this world as a baby. He was born to an earthly virgin mother, Mary. Even his, even his birth was a display of that word that we hate, humility. He was not born with class. He was not born with status. And Luke chapter 2 tells us that it wasn't the kings of the world. It wasn't the rich. It wasn't the ones who were ruling over everyone else who came to visit him first. But it was the lowly shepherds who came to see him. He was just a normal baby to most of the watching world. But he was so much more. And he set an example for each and every one of us to follow. Something else that's interesting to note about our Savior is he volunteered for this job. No one forced it upon him. He came to this earth to save the lost, to bring hope to the hopeless, to make right what was wrong, to turn the curse of sin upside down, and to offer a way for us to be free and to be made new and to experience life. That's who our God is. And verse 8, it finishes with what we just looked at in verse 7. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That word for humbled here in this verse, it, it means to make oneself low or to bring low. That Jesus came as a servant in a human body. But what is important to see in the storyline is this. Is that Jesus was born from a humble position, but he also died from a humble position. 
Now, he didn't do this to show off or to take the low road so people would notice. He did this to show his obedience to the Father's will. He showed that the people are more important than he was by laying down his life for them. That the will of the Father was for Jesus to come and die for the sins of the world. 1 John 2 uh, verse 2 says he is the propitiation or the appeasement for our sins. And not only ours but for the sins of the whole world. This death on a cross. It's significant. But it wasn't a king's death. It was a, a horrific way to die. And not only was it extremely painful, but it was one of the most embarrassing ways to die. It was degrading. It was humility. Someone of status and someone with clout would never have died the way our Savior died. But we rejoice today because of the cross. And we should. But this was a shameful thing in this culture. No hero and definitely no Savior would ever die this way. He was mocked and he was beaten and he was spit upon to serve us in our greatest need. That was God's plan for the Son of Man. And Jesus was submitted to that plan. And we are called, as crazy as it sounds, to have that same mind among us. Ephesians 5 tells us to be imitators of Christ. And that has been the focus of this entire year, to be like Christ, to read about him, to learn and act like he lived and, and strive to do the things that he did that we see in the scriptures. That's the goal, and it should be our ultimate purpose. And I think we all understand that that's what we're called to do, but are we doing that? And are we making that a priority? And are we making the things that Jesus would want us to make a priority, our priority? Are they our focus? You see, Jesus did what he did for the Father, and the Father honored him. Look at verse 9. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So as Paul closes out this little section here today, he points us back really to verses 6, 7, and 8. That Jesus set for us the best example of humility... By being a servant. That he came and he died in obedience on the cross. And because of that, Jesus is highly exalted. Because Jesus was obedient, he was given the name that is above every name. And that name is Jesus. And that name means that he, he came to deliver and to rescue. That Jehovah is salvation. The name that is above every name is the name. Of Jesus. And one day, every knee is going to bow to that name. Paul says that those who know him will worship him forever and ever. 
that when Jesus is exalted, when Jesus is lifted up, it shows that people are submitting to him and every knee will bow. That actually means that every knee will bow. People in heaven, those on the earth and those that are under the earth are going to bow. And because Jesus walked in humility, it positioned him to be highly exalted. Our exaltation is never the goal. But we humbly serve Jesus, so he is the one who is exalted. So he is the one who is honored. So he is the one who is glorified. So the world will, will see us. The world will, will look in our direction, but they won't see us. But they will see our Savior, Jesus. And so if you're here this morning and you're a Christian, what do we do with that? I hope that it reminds you of who our Savior is. That first, he was a humble, generous servant. That he was God in the flesh, but he didn't strut around like he was God in the flesh. He served, and he loved, and he gave so much. So what about you? What about me? And what about us? There are a few things that we can ask ourselves today. But we do have to acknowledge a few things. We, we don't have to empty ourselves out on a cross, thankfully. We can know that we, in no way, shape, or form, can pay for the sins of others. But we can consider some other things that are possible. Which takes us back to this idea of imitation. Have you followed the example of Jesus in your life? And you could fill in the blanks with all the things that we could do as we live out, as we reflect the person of Jesus in our lives. But you could ask yourself some questions. Am I, am I emptying myself out in service to the Most High King? Am I being a servant? Am I being generous with my time and my talent and even my money? You see, the culture would tell us to serve our own needs and to serve our own desires. We are told over and over again to declare our own rights that we serve us, that my needs, that my desires, that my wants are to be served above all other things, that we deserve the best. Shouldn't we be able to get what we want out of this life? Shouldn't we be able to go wherever we want to go? Shouldn't we be able to do whatever we want? Shouldn't we be able to get revenge and hurt those who have hurt us? Shouldn't I be able to use all of my money and all of my time and all of my resources and all of my talent on me. Shouldn't I be able to do those things? But as Christ followers, we should give up and lay aside our rights like Jesus did for the will of the Father. That was challenging to actually type out. And easier to say, but really hard to actually do. 
I mean, when you, when you step back and you, you silence all the noise and you think about the will of the Father and as a follower of Jesus, me denying myself what I think I deserve is really easy to say, but virtually impossible to live out. But when we call on Jesus to save us, that's actually what he calls us to do, to deny ourselves, to pursue holiness, and to be set apart from this world and the thinkings of this world, to lay down our lives for Christ and for others. Our focus and our attitudes, they should be different from what we see in a world who isn't following the greatest example to ever walk this planet. But we do all of these things to bring God glory and to serve. Laying our rights to the side for the good of people, the kind of people that we actually are. That's what Jesus did. But the question is, where does generosity come into play in this text? What we see here is the generous heart of our God on display. That generosity is at the heart of who our God is. That he is a generous gift giver. That he came to us. We all know the verse so well, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Our God gives. And in Titus chapter 2, verse 14, it says, He gave himself to us to redeem us from every lawless deed. And to purify for himself a possession, a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. That's who he is. And that's the example that he set for us. Our God is a giving God, and we should strive to follow his example. So a series of questions for all of us to ponder this morning and throughout the week. And that is... Are you generous in heart and in service? Do you seek out the best for others? And so Christian, Christ follower, will you choose to be a humble, generous servant today? Will you consider how this example that Jesus has set for us, how it will affect your daily life? Like, how will this affect your marriage? And how will this affect your parenting? And and how will this affect the way you act toward other people? And what changes do you need to make? I'm going to say something that's probably going to seem harsh and mean. So I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings this morning. But we we are a selfish people. I mean, we Americans... We don't know what it really means to hurt and suffer for the cause of Christ. Sure, some of us have had some hard times. Some of us have gone through some some excruciating circumstances. But I I don't know that many of us really know what it means to empty ourselves out for the cause of Christ. I'm the first to say that I am one of the most spoiled in this room. I've had it so easy. 
I don't know that I've sacrificed all that much for the cause of Christ. And so I don't think what Paul is challenging us to do is too much to ask. I don't think it's too much. And so I'm simply going to challenge our body today to serve in humility for one cause. The cause of Christ. A Matthew 28 kind of cause to make Jesus known. And I want to challenge you today to be a humble, generous servant. I haven't said anything today that is new. I haven't said anything today that is groundbreaking or profound. Paul did. And so what will we do with that? It's a simple message that we find all throughout the Bibles. And sometimes these writers of our, of our scriptures, they, they sound like a broken record. Because they obviously want us to hear something. And do something. And be something. So maybe our, our prayer today should be, teach us to be still and know. God, help me be ready to let go of control of my own life. Show me what I can't see. And in reality, just bring on the death of me. Simple, focused prayer that is rooted in humility and the heart of generosity. And so, Christian, are you a humble, generous servant? As we close out 2020, and I don't have any message on, did you reach your goals? And I threw those out in March. <laughs> Nervous laugh. <laughs> I'm not sure where I was going with that. <laughs> but as we reflect back on a year that was hard and challenging and in some ways refreshing and good, were you able to do what our focus was? This observing his example and imitating his heart. We had multiple opportunities to do that this year. There's nothing special about a West Hill Baptist Church yearly theme. There's nothing, nothing special about our services and how we structure things. But there is something unique about a people who strive to imitate their Savior. And that makes a difference. And so as your pastor, as someone who failed miserably at that often... In 2020, as we look at a new year, as we look at a new theme or direction, this idea of imitating Christ is going to remain for each and every one of us until we're called home to live as Christ and to die is gain. So follow Jesus with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. I just want to speak to another group of people in the room this morning. As the musicians make their way to the platform, as we 
sing a song together to close out our, our year and our time. I want to talk to the person who has yet to have this relationship with Jesus Christ. You are not a follower of Jesus Christ. You are not saved. You have not been born again. You don't know how to imitate Jesus in your life. So maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're you're here with your grandma or a parent or a friend and they drug you to church because you're in town for the holidays. And you don't know the Savior. We would love for you to meet the Savior today. And for you to end this year the best way possible. The scriptures are clear over and over again that God created us. He created mankind in his own image, in his likeness, to be in a relationship with him. But that's the giving nature of our God, that he created us for relationship. But in our Bibles, in the first few chapters of our Bibles, we find that, that Adam and Eve chose to disobey God's command to not eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And when they did, when they disobeyed God, when they rebelled against him, sin entered the human race. And our sin separates us from this perfect, holy, good, loving God. And we've all sinned. I don't have to convince anyone in the room today that there's, there's something wrong with us. And our sins cannot be removed by doing good deeds or being good people or giving money to the church or helping someone across the street or, or, or just living a life of, of trying not to tell lies and always tell the truth and just being a good person. That's never going to be good enough. Sins cannot be, re- be removed by our attempt at being good. But as we just heard from Paul, our God came to us through the person of Jesus and he emptied out himself on a cross, paying the price for our sin. And Paul tells us in Romans that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. That we can pass from death into life. That all we have to do is call on him and he will save us. If you're here this morning and you've never called on the name of Jesus to save you. Why wait? Do it right now where you are. And then live for him from this moment on. Because true life is found in Jesus. And it never ends. Heavenly Father, we are grateful and thankful for who you are. Lord, we are thankful for the example that you set for us. This whole season of Christmas is your humility on display. That you humbly came to this earth and you humbly gave your life for someone like me. Oh God, I'm so grateful and so thankful for your son Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.